The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Intentional Grounding Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I am your host, Sterling Furrow, kicking it live here on the YouTube, and I'm ready. I've been, this is a topic, this is something that I've been wanting to talk about uh, for quite some time, so this is the time of the offseason where I'm kind of, going to kind of, you know, as we've been talking about, I've been going through these position groups and trying to find nuggets, trying to, you know, we're trying to find things where this team can improve where they are, who's in the room, who's not here. Uh, so, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's summer cleaning, spring cleaning, if you will. But uh, needless to say, man, welcome to the intentional grounding podcast. Uh, so if you, if you're watching live tonight, you'll notice that I am uh, in the kitchen right? I'm cooking it up in the kitchen. So this is my kitchen view from tonight. So, uh, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I, sometimes, you know, you get into places where you feel like you got to mix it up, man. You know, you, you know, my little, my little studio that I have, I work from it all the time, man. You know, even when I work from home, that's where I'm working. Right. And so tonight I just thought, you know, no backdrop. Let's just, uh, Let's just get it in, man. Let's just do the damn thing. So that's where I'm at. So if you're watching tonight, make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Also, make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to uh, my Twitter handle, at Furrow Sterling. So let's get into this. So there's a lot to be said about the Bills defensive line and, and who's in the room. And... This is one of those positions or, or group of positions, if you will, where I feel like there's so much that could be said. There's so much to talk about, right? Um, and it's one of those things where everybody, we all kind of have a different opinion on what we should do, what, 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 you know, how do we attack an offense? Why, you know, let's talk about sack numbers and snap percentages and, and all that kind of stuff, Right. If you go back to the playoff game against the Chiefs, you know, the Bills had a hard time stopping Patrick Mahomes in that offense. You know, and I think from a defensive line standpoint, uh, I I think that the Bills had a hard time getting home to the quarterback. You know, for me, um, that's a big deal. Now, I know there's there's some of you that are, are team pressure and there's some of you that are team sacks. They're both important. I... I'm a sack guy. I ain't going to lie. I would much rather the, the, you know, the quarterback be brought down, sacked, done. Now, when we talk about pressures, pressures are, pressures are important. They, they kind of help dictate the outcome of a play, right? So if you can hurry a quarterback, his process, get him to throw the ball away, or force him to a turnover, I mean, that's awesome, right? But pressures is great. I mean, Jerry Hughes – always ranked one of the top guys in terms of pressures. This defense statistically as a whole is a good defense when it comes to pressure rates. But sacks, now if you look at from a statistical point of view, 
the Bills aren't bad when it comes to sacks, but I think when you lack having a a, a closer, a finisher, right? They need that. They need that. And we, we, we haven't had that. Now we saw this offseason. The Bills go out and they what they say, you know, we're gonna we're gonna improve play in the trenches, especially on defense. And we got Von Miller. We got Tim Settle. We got Daquan Jones, right? We bought back Shaq Lawson. I mean, that, those are those are great moves. All right. Jordan Phillips is back in the fold. That's great. Like I'm I'm pumped when it when you, when you talk about who's in the room. Like I'm super pumped. You know, I, I'm I was tired of, I was kind of over guys like Starla Tule. Not feeling. I mean, he's I felt like the Bills overpaid for him. I didn't like to sign him to begin with, but I understood what what they did and why they did it. I, I get it. I totally understand that. But I just didn't feel like um it was the best use of your dollars at the time when they when they got them. I don't know about you guys, but I can't see any. Let's see. I can't see any comments. So if you're if you're commenting on the show tonight for some reason, I can't see you. But uh, that's a streamyard thing. So if you pop up in here at some point, there we go. It's popping in now. I don't know what was wrong, but. Uh, so anyway, so we get guys like Von Miller. All right. We get guys like Von and, and, and that's the closer that we needed. We got Greg Rousseau coming into another year. I, I, I'm pumped about Greg Rousseau. Greg Rousseau. He's like one of my favorite players on the team, man. I just love his, his makeup, how he carries himself as a pro. He's just a solid dude on and off the field, you know? Ed Oliver. I mean, we're going to talk about all these guys tonight, right? So we start this conversation off. We talked about, we, I, I, I briefly hit on the problem, right? We, we, we you know, stopping the run to me is, a, is an issue, okay? Now, when you, when you look at it from a, from a yard standpoint, let's look at it from a yard standpoint. The Bills have not ranked inside the top 10 stopping the run since McDermott has been the coach. Right? Now, I overall this defense is is elite. I'm, I'm not I'm not taking anything away from the defense. Um but when you talk about getting better, I think the run defense is is one where we're, they're going to have to improve and turn, they they got to stop the run. Now, we saw chunk plays, you know, Derrick Henry Right, he got his fair share of a few chunk plays, albeit on the holding, but you know, whatever. It still counted, right? So I'm not gonna sit here and complain about that. But I think what the Bills have done this offseason, I think we're gonna be I, look, man. I think there's a good chance that this defense is gonna be ranked inside the top 10 for the first time under Sean McDermott's tenure. Now, historically. Sean McDermott's defenses have not been great at stopping the run. They're always sort of in the middle of the pack. And that's good because his, his past defenses are always, you know, some of the best in the league. Overall, okay, so we're, well, let's just talk about total yards and points per game. All right. 2017, the Bills are 26. Now, that was Sean McDermott's first year. Points per game, they were 18. 2018, they were ranked second. And yards, 18th in points. 2019, third in yards, second in points. 2020, 14 in yards, six in points. 2021, one and one. All right. So this this defense is uh it, it's good and it, it's only gotten better. You know, when we're just talking about the defensive line here. So so let, let's let's uh you're right you know Dan that's right there, there should be more people watching this so if you're at home if you're listening to this uh on your way to work on Tuesday morning man we appreciate it I appreciate it make sure you like follow subscribe so <clears throat> we got one of the best pass defenses in the league right we can pressure the quarterback 
But now let's we, we need to the, the thing is we need to start getting home. Okay. Pressures are good, but I want to see more sack numbers. Okay. So we're gonna talk about who's in the room. All right, so we kind of got a, a little hit on uh Sean McDermott. Right, who's out? Harrison Phillips, we, we mentioned. Star Latulale, right? Those are Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. Those are the big notables that are out. And we got guys with promise that need to take the next step, right? We talked about who's in, Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, Von Miller, Shaq Lawson. So one of the questions, you know, this offseason um, – when the Bills signed Von Miller, we, you know, I know one of the first questions that I asked that 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 I had in my mind was, what's his snap percentage going to be? What what is Von Miller's snap count going to be? All right, this is a guy who, for his entire career, has had a very high snap percentage. You know, Sean McDermott, typically, we all know he likes to run his defensive lineman on a rotation, which is totally fine. He wants to keep his defensive lineman fresh. Right. It helps from a from an injury standpoint, you know, in the playoffs. I mean, you get you should be playing your best ball in the playoffs. So so these guys are typically fresh late in games. You know, we're we're running eight eight defensive linemen out there, right? In total rotation. So what can we expect from Von Miller? Now, this is a guy that's played at least 80% of the snaps. In his career, do we actually now he's 33 years old and and I think, you know, pass rushes nowadays that age gracefully. Right. So I still think he has at least three productive years left him, at least three productive good years, solid years in him. And the tools that he has around him should only make that even better. Okay, so. If I were to give a percentage that I think that he's, I, I, I would say he's at least going to play 70, 75% of snaps. That's just what I think. You know, in his press conference, he did say, if I'm not on the field, I can't make plays. Because I think it was asked about his snap percentage that they talked about. He didn't really get into any specifics. Maybe that's something they're going to discuss further as they get into training camp and, and, you know, when they talk scheme and so forth. But I think it's fair to say that he could play 70 to 75% of the snaps. And that, and that is a reduction from what he's been doing. But if you – I look at it like this. You got to marry the two. Sean McDermott, you know, getting guys rest and having them ready, running the rotation and so forth. And then you got, you got Vaughn being 33. Keeping him fresh, man. Like he, he's battled some injuries over the past few years. I think that's a fair – I think that's fair for both sides, right? Anywhere from 70 – to 75, if there's more, great. I would love to see him. Obviously, we know he's going to be on third downs. That's not a question. But when Vaughn is on the field, what does he bring? He's an elite pass rusher, and he, he is an elite run defender. He is a, he a he's a, a good to elite run defender. No doubt about it. All right, so since 2019, though, he hasn't had a, a double-digit sack year statistically. Now, he's been battling injuries. Last year, he played on two teams, all right? I think he played seven games with uh, the Broncos, about eight games or so, regular season with the Rams. So, I mean, you're, you're kind of getting in the swing of things and so forth. So he had nine and a half sacks last year. And in 2018, he had 14 and a half sacks. So, Vaughn. Vaughn's going to get. Yeah, he's going to eat this year. He's going to eat this year. Uh, he, he, he's going to have at least 10 sacks or more. And we haven't had a 10 sack guy in quite some time since Lorenzo Alexander was the last double digit sack guy for the bills. All right. So Vaughn's going to eat this year. Look, we know this team is stacked. They're going to be, they're going to be solid on both sides of the ball. You know, this team is built to play with the lead, right? They're going to, their, their ideas, they want to start off really fast on you and then want to get you, make you one dimensional. So, with the Bills, with this offense, Josh Allen, another year, 
these young guys in another year, this offensive line gelling in another year. We talked about wide receivers last week. Now we're on defensive line. I, I think it's a recipe for success. So I expect Von Miller to have at least he's going to, like I said, he's going to play 70, 75 percent of the snaps in my, in my estimation. And he's going to have 10 plus sacks. Let's talk about these two guys. AJ Epinesa and Carlos Basham. Now these are these are two guys that uh, AJ Epinesa coming to his second year last year didn't really play. This guy didn't really play at all. Didn't really play, and, and we he had that, and we too he had that 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 breakout game or whatever. You know, we thought I thought it was the beginning of a breakout season. In Miami, where he had like nine or so pressures. I surely thought this, this okay, like first year, getting his weight together. He's learning the ropes or whatever. Second, and then all of a sudden, we just didn't really see him. Like he, he was non-existent. I don't know why. I don't know why. And we're going to find out. I think this is a year for AJ Epinesa. This is a good, this is a big year for him. He's got a big opportunity. Now I know he's, we know he's not starting, but he could be DN number three behind Vaughn and Greg. He could be defensive end number three coming off. And, and you know, we know that he's strong at the point of attack. He's got heavy hands, right? Um, but I, I think it's the nuances of the position. Converting speed to power, he's not very. He's not a bendy athlete. We know that. He's not even a great athlete. You know, from you know, his combine numbers proved it. He's not. You know, I would say it, it feels like you know watching him over the couple of years from Iowa to now. I feel like his first steps gotten better. Right, he's added a few more moves to his pass rush routine. That's great. Right, his counter moves look like they improved. I want to see what, what he's able to bring. Statistically, I think he's a I, – I would be pleased if he got four or five sacks. I, that would be – for me, that would be like, okay, that's – we can work with that. I, I need to see him at least get five sacks. I, I think he's he's better at, rush, at, at defending the run than he is as a pass rusher. Okay? But – you know, both of these guys, this is the next guy I'm talking about, Carlos Basham. I, I think he has more uh, of an upside than uh, our guy here. He has more of an upside. You know, this is a guy that second round guy, second round pick, right, from last year. He had two and a half sacks. Now, he only had 18 combined tackles. He really didn't do much. But between the two of these guys, these are guys that can also play defensive end, but they can reduce down. Now, you know, they like their, their position, flexibility, versatility, however you want to put it. These are two guys that can play both roles, right? Now, they're not space heaters, but I think in certain situations, in certain defensive packages, these are guys that, you know, if you want to, you know, take out Daquan or Tim Settle, and rotate one of these guys in and, and pass rush situation where you want to have four defensive ends. I do. I mean, we, we see, we, we've seen them do this, right. It's not, uh, it's not crazy, but because, you know, AJ Epinesa and Carlos Basham are next on the list. I, I think Basham is a better player. I just think, you know, from an athletic standpoint, uh, he's a good athlete, man. He is. He's a good athlete and he's, Hopefully from year one to year two. Now, you know, he came off that COVID year, you know, and these guys really didn't get a break. All right. So now he's in year two. Can can he be DN3? Because we know who DN4 is. All right. That's going to be Shaq Lawson. Okay. So if you ask me, I probably say between Epinesa and Basham, I would say Basham is probably defensive end number three. It's fair. I would say Epinesa is five. Okay. But I like both players. 
I mean, I'm okay. I was not a fan of the AJ Epinesa pick. I'm just going to tell y'all right now. I was not, I was not a fan of it at all. Not in the slightest. I felt like there were things that they could have done, but I'm not the GM and he's smarter than me. Now, Gregory Rousseau, on the other hand, I know some of you guys are hitting in the chat talking about Gregory Rousseau, talking about Groot. I like his game, man. I felt like he was one of the one of the the better, probably one of the, you know top three um, run stopping defensive ends as a rookie. I'll probably say he's probably the best one from stopping the run. Okay, I'm not saying he's the best defensive end as out of that rookie class last year, but what I'm saying is I felt like he was one of the best at stopping the run. Okay, so I think you know he, he he's tall, he's long, he, he he's got functional athleticism. Right, he's good. He's a good athlete, I believe. And I think he's only going to get better. I mean, we talked about uh, Von Miller earlier in the show and, and the impact he's going to have. I mean, you guys have been hearing me talk about it all season, you know, teaching these guys the the ropes, the nuances, the little things about the game, the detail, getting these guys ready to play. You know, I, I think it's going to be – I think it's great. It's great for these young defensive ends, learning from a guy like Von Miller. So – Let's 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 just hope, you know, now around NFL circles, you know, what you hear rumor wise that when it comes to teaching the game. Ron Miller is one of the best guys to have in the room. If you're going to teach the game, teach teach guys how to rush the passer, how to prepare for games. This guy is a student of the game. So, I mean, it's only going to benefit our, our, our defensive line. It's only going to benefit, man. Um, You know, you guys are asking me if. Vaughn's gonna play outside linebacker. If, you know if he's, if he's gonna in that four three. I, I he's a defensive end to me. In this defense, he's a defensive end. But I think they're gonna be they're gonna find ways to get him in the put him in the best positions to succeed. You know he's typically playing in the three four defense where he's that outside line outside rush linebacker, right? So um, you know the Bills play a, a technically they play a four two five. All right, so so four down linemen, two linebackers, five DBs. Uh, Vaughn's, Vaughn can play hand in the dirt or standing up. I don't think it really matters, right? You're not going to get Vaughn out in pass coverage. That's not what he does. You don't you don't sign him that money to tell him you're going to go, uh, you know, do a Mario Williams be trying to be at, in, in, in pass lanes, and that's not what he's going to do. All right, so I hope that answers your question there. But Greg Rousseau. What would be what would be a good statistical output for Greg Rousseau? So we last year he had 50 combined tackles. All right. One INT against Patrick Mahomes in week five. Four uh four sacks. Four sacks. I would say from a combined tackle standpoint. And, and, and he's playing, you know, like he's playing, he was playing half time last year. Let's say his snap count, snap percentage is up to 60 to 65%. He started all the games. I mean, he started a ton of games. Can he can he get 60, 65%? I, I think that's fair. Maybe uh, you know, let's up that combined tackle range to 60, 70. Give me seven sacks. I, I seven eight sacks is, is is palatable. That's doable. That's not me being crazy or like you know, Greg Rousseau's is the best defensive end in football. I, I think eight sacks is seven eight sacks is. I think that's fair. I think that's something that we should expect to see from him. Seven or eight sacks. I think he could do that. He totally could do that. Again, all off season or, or in training camp, he's going to be around some some. You know, one of the greats of the game, man. I think it, I think it's going to pay dividends. I think it's going to pay dividends. Not only was this, like I said, a short-term move, but it was a great long-term move as well because of those young defensive ends. But, again, he's one of the better run-defending defensive ends in the league with that length, all right? And, and I think it's only going to improve. It's only going to improve. Greg Rousseau is going to be a force. He's going to be a force. I just think if you were a rookie last year, you don't have to deal with that that mental wall, that mental block that that he even said that took place last year. So 
you know, Basham and him, right? Spencer Brown, like, you know, that, that it's real, you know, around that 12th game where the, where the college football season is coming to an end. I mean, you're still working hard, you know, and then, and they added a week to the regular season last year. Yeah. Uh, 12 would be great to, to you, Greg Rousseau to get 12 sacks. Oh man. I'm, I'm on cloud nine. That would be dope, David. That that would be great. Grant Turner says, uh, anyone else flirting with 10 saps? Man, if let's just say this for, for intentional grounding fans and those who are fans of the of Buffalo Romans podcast network, let's just say eight is the is the is the floor, and let's just say 12 is the ceiling. That's fair. I I, I we could subscribe to that. We need him to get eight. We'll start a campaign when the season starts to for Greg Rousseau to get eight sacks. Can he do that? That'd be great. Because again, playoffs last year, we, we gotta we gotta we gotta get home, man. We gotta we gotta affect games and close games late. There's no reason why the Bills should have lost that game. Now I know we didn't have Trey White. Patrick Mahomes is great. Travis Kelsey is great. But the Bills had all the stuff to beat the Chiefs. Let's not kid ourselves here. Let's not act like it's so it's so funny. You know, you hear on uh, NFL Network and these other outlets talk about how, you know, oh, the Bills can't get over the hump. That's the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Get out of here with that. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Some fluky play calling toward the end by Sean McDermott, these guys, special teams, however, you, whoever you want to place the blame on. The defense didn't come to play that. I mean, they were just – it was great quarterback on great quarterback. And sometimes you just can't. When you're on, you're on, man. Both of these guys are on. But Josh Allen outplayed Patrick Mahomes, but we'll get that in a different day. We'll get in that different day. But we all know what's up. But, yeah, I mean, you letting quarterbacks run around the pocket. I mean, you got to – can't be losing contain and giving these guys extra time to, to evaluate and see what's down the field and then make plays off script, man. We, we can't be having that no more. If the Bills want to get serious about winning the title, hey, one of the reasons why I felt like – the Bengals got they got so good toward the end of the season in the playoffs because their defensive line, man, they their defensive line was nasty. Trey Henderson and those guys, defensive tackle DJ Reader, they were killing guys, man. They were killing, they were controlling the game from the line of scrimmage. And you got to be able to do that. You got to be able to run the ball, stop the run, and you got to be able to close games out. And your defensive line's got to be able to do it. So um let, let's talk about Ed Oliver. Let's, let's let's talk about Ed Oliver here. This is my guy. All right, Ed Oliver is my dude. He is my breakout player for the upcoming 22 season. Mr. Ed Oliver himself. I'm going to reach out to him and see if I can get him on the show. But 2021, my man had 41 combined tackles, 12 assists. Now, four sacks. And when, I, when I say that, it's like, eh, you would think if you didn't watch the tape, you'd be like, okay, eh, eh, whatever. But when you put on the film, Ed Oliver is a, that man's a menace. Ed Oliver's a force, man. I mean, this dude taking up double teams, <coughs> causing, Pressure on the quarterback. He even had a couple sacks turn turn into uh, a couple penalties, man. But Ed Oliver, I'm telling you, dude, that guy really came to play last year. Really came to play. I mean, I would say he's probably one of the better penetrating defensive tackles in the league pass, from a pass rush perspective. I mean, he's 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 hard to block, man. And he was facing a lot of double teams last year. So now just think about it. Greg Russo coming to another year. You have a real two-gapping defensive tackle in Daquan Jones. Tim Settle can, he's a guy, he's versatile. He can kind of do both, but he's more of a, penetra a penetrating style defensive tackle. But Daquan Jones in his defense next to Ed Oliver? <laughs> so Daquan Jones is everything that we wanted Starla Tulele to be. And some, I believe. He's a better football player. So this is going to benefit 
Ed Oliver so much. Quick first step. Man, Ed Oliver's a, this guy, I'm telling y'all. And he's he's going to get paid. Like, if you want to get ahead of paying this man, it's time. It's time. Get, get, a, get a contract done this offseason or during the season this year. Because if you don't, you will be paying an arm and a leg for Mr. Ed Oliver because he is coming out. Now, he was my guy last year. I felt like he, it, you know, but he got better. Right, he didn't break out completely, but he got better, noticeably better, noticeably better. So, what can we expect from an Ed Oliver this year? Like I said, this is a guy last year, four sacks. Let's see what it tackles for loss. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick because I, I think that's more. Uh, I think that's better when you talk about defensive line, defensive tackle play. All right. I think tackle for loss. I, I think that's that's a really good indicator. Um, so he's actually have he had five sacks. He had five sacks. But I'll, I'll find it for you. I'll, I'll find what he had. If you guys, uh, if you see it in there, you can throw it in there. But I'm having a hard time finding it. I have to log into PFF and all that stuff. And I apologize. I should have uh I should have had it ready. I don't know why I spaced it. Um, let's see. Let's see if we can find it. Mm, five sacks, one force fumble. And can't find it. Okay. All right. I'll find it. I'll tweet it out. Tackle philosopher Craig Oliver. So from a from a floor to ceiling projection for Ed Oliver. <clears throat> we take in all the factors. Better defense alignment around him. We mentioned Tim Settle, Daquan Jones. I think that's going to be pay dividends. Greg Rousseau in another year, Von Miller. Let's say I think for him, I really do think this guy can get 10 sacks. I think he can get 10 sacks and probably, you know, 15 or so tackles for loss. I think that's 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 a fair expectation. I think he could I think he could be a double digit sack guy. I think he's that impressive, right? So for so for for let's say let's say he mm, nine sacks is is the uh, that's that's high, but that but again I feel like he's going to be a breakout player not only for the Bills but league wide. I think he's going to be a breakout player. So let's just say you know nine sacks uh, is what what is something that will be awesome. Something that that I think is not you know being a homer to to want to shoot for to expect and and I think you know tw- not 9 is the is the floor 12 is the ceiling I think I I think that much of Ed Oliver's game I think he's going to be a difference maker in the middle I mean because again now you you know you got Daquan Jones so you Ed Oliver is going to be getting one on one attention he's going to be getting prime who are you going to who are you going to block Let's just say you roll out there with Greg Rousseau. Okay, so you don't have to double team Greg Rousseau. Then you you got Daquan Jones, a two-gapping defensive tackle. He's a run stuffer. All right. But he's a he's a real two-gapping defensive tackle. Okay. And then you got Ed Oliver next to him, one-on-one with a guard. And then on that side, you got Von. Oh my God! <laughs> you gotta. Do, you're gonna have to do something. You're gonna have to do something. So Ed Oliver's gonna eat, man. He is going to eat. I'm just telling you right now. So I think that's a fair prediction. Nine to twelve sacks for for my guy Ed Oliver. I'm, I'm gonna reach out to him and see if I can get him on the show because I. I I want to be on the train, on the Ed Oliver train, to 
to one see see what's going on man he's riding horses i mean he's just an intriguing fellow right he's just an intriguing dude but yo like we need you to be like one of the premier defensive players in the league it's time the ed oliver train begins and it begins on uh you know on this show it begins here i'm telling y'all right now it begins here i just think he's that talented um so who next up? <laughs> Shaq Lawson. Now we went from a high, right? Russo, you know, all those guys and Shaq Lawson. Let's put some respect on my guy's name. Now, drafted by the Buffalo Bills. We know the story. Last season he played with the Jets. He didn't really do much. I mean, it's the Jets. Can you blame him, right? Can you blame him? I mean, from a statistical point of view, he really didn't do much. Now, I felt like he he was he was decent to good with you know the year before twenty twenty with the Dolphins. And he had four sacks that season. You know, the season before he was with us, he had six and a half sacks. But 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 the calling card with Shaq Lawson, I think, is attention to stopping the run. He's another guy, and he has functions that he has good athleticism, right, to um, to contain the quarterback going the outside or or to stop the run on the outside. I mean, he he ha- he's a he's a good athlete. I think he's a really good run defender. I think he's a really good run defender. How many sacks are you projecting the team total to be? Oh, that's a good question. Um, if I had to, I'll get to that. But back to – I'll say that here in a second. But back to, to Shaq Lawson, he, he's defensive in what, four, right? Or, or three? He's probably defensive in three. I mean, nah, he's four. He's four or five. We'll see. He's four or five. But that's not bad. If, if Shaq Lawson's your fourth or fifth defensive end coming off the bench in a, in a, in a defensive line rotation – Hey, that ain't bad, man. That means you got some depth, right? Last year we talked about the Bills had depth, but they didn't have any anybody that was top tier. That's different this year. That's different this year, right? Now you got Von Miller, and now you got you got these other guys. Like you know, we talked about Greg Rousseau, you know, at Oliver. But Shaq Lawson is going to be a big part of that. He's another veteran in the room that can show these young guys the way. I think it's going to be great. I'm, ha- you know, I was surprised that he. Did. I mean, we heard the rumors. We heard the rumors, um, of him coming back, and then when Jordan Phillips had his interview, he was like, "I don't know what 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 Shaq's waiting on, but he needs to go ahead and sign the contract, man." So we'll see. Now sack totals. Last year, the Chicago Bears, let's see, in 2021, the Pittsburgh Steelers had the most sacks in 55. So I don't think that – I don't think that the Bills are going to be the leading sack team, right? Second on that list was 51 sacks by the Vikings. The Bears, 49 sacks, they were – they were fourth. I think the Bills, realistically, the Bills should should be around the, I think 50 sacks is, I think that's fair. I think that's, that's fair. This, I mean, you got to keep in mind, the Bills typically spend so many resources on the defensive line, money-wise. And we haven't been getting the production that, 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 that I think, equals what they're paying and that number goes up i think this year they got the talent to really match the salaries right they got the talent now i think there's some of their young guys are developing i I think they got it now i think they can they can honestly i think the bills can have one of the better one of the best top five defense defensive lines in the league that's not homer that that's just facts 
So can we get 50 sacks? Vaughn's going to get his double digits. I think Ed Oliver can sniff around double digits. Then you need these other guys to, to, to give me six, seven, five, four sacks. I mean, you 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 can you know expect a safety or a cornerback to get a couple, and there's your 50 sacks right there. It's, it's not a hard path. It's not a hard path to get to. Not it's not a hard path to get to at all. Next up is Daquan Jones and Tim Settle. Now, Daquan Jones has been one of those dudes, man. He he's always, I feel like he's always been, he's always done his job, right? He, he's a guy that last year played with the Panthers. I mean, he's just a big man. All right. One of his better seasons came in 2017. I felt like that was one of his best seasons with the with the Tennessee Titans. He really put some good stuff on tape. Just just some of the, you know, since we signed him, I've I've gone back and I've watched, you know, a couple games each season to kind of see what I like. And and one of the things I'll tell you, man, he he's a he's a force. He's not an explosive player, but he does his job. Like he he's uh he's solid, man. He, he's a true two gapping defensive tackle. He's going to come in there. He, he's going to take up two guys. He's going to take up two. And, and you got him. And it's up to the guys around him to make plays to finish. He can stop the run. He's not going to offer you much in terms of, uh, of being a pass rusher. That's not his thing. But he's strong at the point of attack. He could disengage from blockers. And he's going to get in the backfield. In the run. He's going to be effective in the run game. My fam right here, speaking facts. This is my guy. This is my guy right here, man. This this is my dude right here. He's family. But he says, yeah, Daquan Jones might be an upgrade to what we got from Star last year. I, I, ain't no might be. <laughs> ain't no might be, man. He, he's a definite upgrade over what we had in Star last year. Your best avail- your best ability is your availability. And, and didn't feel like didn't feel like. Um, Star was, I mean, after, you know, admitted, you know, he COVID, he was just different. You know, he, it's, uh, he didn't recover well. And that's sad. I like Star the player, like the guy. I mean, he's just, he's cool, cool dude. Like, he seems like a cool dude. But, man, his play, his play really frustrated the hell out of me. I ain't going to cap. I'm sorry, bro, but. You might be a good dude and all, but it is one. Stop the run. I need you to stop the run. They couldn't do it. Daquan Jones is going to do that. Daquan Jones is going to do that, man. And I don't know what the Panthers were doing with Daquan Jones last year. They used him completely wrong. They used him wrong, man. They used him. The defense they had him in, nah. That ain't his thing, man. Just. Mm-mm. Nope. Play him at true nose tackle. That's not what he does, man. That's not what he does. But yeah, that's that's true. You know, he's gonna his play is going to keep Tremaine Edmonds, Terrell Bernard, Matt Milano. He's gonna keep those guys clean. All right. So we should see the linebacker. We're gonna talk about the linebackers at some other point, but yeah. These linebackers should be free to roam. They, they they should be free to make plays, man. We we need them to make plays, but it starts at the defensive line. I I you know, I, I'm team defensive line over team coverage. I want my guys to be nasty, dirty, just just re- wreaking havoc up front. So Daquan Jones, man, 30 years old. I, I think he's in his prime, man. He's, he's he, he, this is the time he's going to make some stuff happen. All right. But he, he's been with the Panthers his entire career, except for last year he played with the Panthers. He said, to hell with that, bro. I'm signing with the Bills. Deuces. I, I, they got him on that one-year deal. Good for him because he was in a, in a dumpster fire of a team. They, they're just – I feel like when you, don't have your, when you don't have a quarterback, you ain't got nothing. Sam Darnold ain't it. So, coming up with, with the Bills, man, I, I think it's going to pay dividends for him. I think – 
I think he's going to be a, a, a – I think we're going to be talking about him a lot toward the end of the season, how much of an impact he's having. And then another guy, you know, we you hear us talk about Tim Settle, man. But he's a young dude, all right? This is Terrain Emmons' former teammate at Virginia Tech. This is a young guy, man. He's he's a young buck. I like his game, though. I like I said earlier, he, he's more of a versatile guy. He's not like um, I would say there in terms of rushing the pass or stopping the run. He's he could do both. He he could play. He could two gap a little bit. He could play a penetrate. I think he's more of a penetrator though. Penetrating style defensive tackle is what he is. Right? And, and we saw this role last year go to Harrison Phillips. And I think Harrison Phillips, you know, toward the middle of the season on, I think he started – we started to see what 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 the, the Bills really drafted Harrison Phillips to do. And we started to see it last year. And, and kudos to him, man, signed him, himself a good little contract to go play for the Vikings. And they got a good defense a lot. Everson Griffin, whatever. I mean – Daniil Hunter. Well, Everson Griffiths has been going through some stuff, but Daniil Hunter for sure. But yeah, man, Harrison Phillips, man, big, big loss to the community. But I, I think Tim Sells is a better player, to be honest. I think, and he played sparingly. I mean, that defensive line and, and for the commanders, man, they were loaded. They were loaded. So Tim Settle was a was a forgotten guy. And, and when the Bills signed Tim Settle, you know, I saw a lot of people from the commanders community talk about, man. Like, they were really hurt that, that they could not re-sign Tim Settle. Six foot three, 308 pounds. I like it. I, I, I say from a sack total, give me four, three, four sacks. That'd be great for him. That'd be great for him. Give me, give me 10 tackles for loss. That's what I would love to see from Tim Settle. Yeah, Settle is slightly more of a big three tech. I think he could play next to Ed on passing downs and be really effective. Absolutely. So you're going to see, you know, like we talked about on the show, sometimes they use Epinesa, Basham to reduce down. They, they'll run four defensive ends. And I think you're going to see, I think Ed Oliver is a guy you have to have on third down, right? Now, you know, Daquan Jones is more of your run stopper. Or if you want to do some ISO work to kind of get free up to the other three guys, right? But Tim Settle's more of your penetrating style defensive tackle. All right. He he he's got functional athleticism. He's got good athleticism, you ask me. And I think he can get after quarterback from a pass rush perspective. I mean, it was always great to see Star get a sack. We're like, damn, Star, okay, Star, you know, it's one sack a year. <laughs> but I, I think Tim Settle offers you more, right? I think he offers you more. So the Bills have, have completely, if you ask me, man, they've completely upgraded this defensive line. And I think, again, I think the dollars meet the talent, and I think that's going to equal the production that we want to see. I think we're going to see it. You know, I'm not worried about the offense. I mean, we could if we want to talk about defense as a whole, you know, I, I expect, you know, this run defense to be inside the top 10 this year from a run defense standpoint. We're going to see teams. I mean, y'all saw the schedule. We're going to see teams that, that want to run the ball or they, their calling card is running the ball. And, and – it's fun to look at the schedule. Now, if you turn back to – if you go listen to um, Code of Conduct last week, I went over the schedule on Code of Conduct and talked about some of the, some of the milestones that I expect, I expect to see from this defense as a whole, right? So when you go play the Titans, right, or, or the Pittsburgh Steelers, those are teams that want to run the ball. We should – you know, that's something we want to see. I want to see where the run defensive – where the run defense is when they go play the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings, right? So that's enough time. We should be able to see where they are because, you know, Dalvin Cook, 
Those guys want to run the ball. I, I think we got to see it. I think we got to see it. We got to see it. But, yeah, I expect them to be inside the top 10 from, from a pass defense standpoint, from a run defense standpoint. Now, this defense, from, from, a, from a points and yards standpoint, they were number one in the league. Can they, can they repeat? Maybe not. Let's say top three. I mean, it's hard to repeat two years in a row. But if you do, I mean, I think who you play, the quarterbacks, I think all that matters. The schedule does matter in that term, right? When we look at the whole scope of things and, you're, you know, things change week to week in the NFL. Injuries take place. There's the, the, the narrative constantly changes. But I don't think it's crazy to, to want the Bills to be inside the top 10 run defense-wise. They're usually middle of the pack. They're usually middle of the pack. I, I, I got to see that improve. Get 50 sacks. Inside the top 10 from a run defense, get 50 sacks from a total defense standpoint. And then your pass defense, I mean, we're one of the tops in the league all the time. Let's keep that in the top three. Now, that's a, that's a lot, but but they have, they have all the pieces they need. You know, Kyrie Lim has to develop. We got to get Trey White back. Our linebackers are, are, are solid. They're great. Well, they're great is they're solid, really good linebackers, right? Great is that's, you know, we're not great, right? But we're really good. But I think this defense line is the key to the, to, to the season, man. I You know, you win and lose games from the trenches. And that's where they got to go. That's where they got to go. So before we before I sign off tonight, make sure that you uh, like, follow, subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Like, follow, subscribe to my Twitter handle at Furrow Sterling. That's where you can find me. You can find me here on Intentional Grounding each and every week during the season. This show will be on Sunday morning. This will be the pregame show for Buffalo Rumblings. All right. Make sure you follow all our guys, man, on uh, on this network. All right, Jay Smith, the king, that's my guy. That's my dude. That's family too, man. All these dudes, right? Bruce Nolan, big, you know, Jamie and Big Newt, all, all our podcasts, man. Anthony Marino. I mean, we got, we, we got content for days. We really do, man. It's really awesome over here. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe. I'm not sure where we're going to go next week. I have an idea. You know, I'm, I might tackle the – the cornerbacks are my, you know, I love, I, I, I love my running backs, man. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure which, which way I want to go. And I'll let y'all know. I'm not sure yet. It's the debate. I've been, I've been, uh, you know, doing some research and, you know, watching some, some specific film. Want to see where things go. Definitely want to see where things go, but make sure you like, follow, subscribe to Intentional Grounding Podcast. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings Network. And also, I would like to say this, in light of the events that's been happening in Buffalo, around the world, man, if you see something, say something. Stand up for those who cannot defend themselves. Racism is real. It's real. All right? Comfort those. Comfort those who look different than you, who speak differently than you people of color just man peace and love man that that's the message but uh my name is sterling furrow and you're listening to the intentional grounding podcast and i'm out of here peace